Hey everybody, I'm Greg Soule and this is Why Am I, a podcast where I talk to interesting people and try and trace a path to where they find themselves today. My guest this go around is Craig Coombs. I'm going to rip the band-aid off, right? Just get this out of the way. Craig has terminal cancer, right? Every day is a struggle for this guy in ways most of us will never understand. But rather than sit on his ass and do nothing, he prefers to expose it every week in his Naked Tuesday series as a big F you to his disease, which I freaking love. This guy has had a rough run of life with his parents both dying slowly to illness far too young. Um, but he calls this the truest love story. I freaking swear nothing could stop this guy, right? And I'm glad it hasn't because I'm forever changed by him, like with this single conversation. This dude had me laughing almost the entire time, which is good because otherwise I would have cried. And, you know, maybe once I got off the mic, I did. <laughs> Who's to say? At any rate, I hope you enjoyed this chat with Craig. Craig, thank you for joining me on the Why Am I podcast. Thank you for having me on the, me on the Why Am I podcast. <laughs> Absolutely, man. All right, Craig. So you are a referral. I always enjoy referrals. Uh, I feel like it's like watching first dates on uh, Channel 4. You never quite know what's... No, no, no. I, I usually have a, a pretty terrific experience. And you came from somebody who is super awesome, uh, Catherine King. So I'm uh, no pressure. Yep. I mean, you don't want to let her down. Uh, I mean, nope. her <laughs> reputation's riding on this, Craig. So, uh... <laughs> one of the best humans on the planet. So better be careful. No, no. I'm going to start this the way I start a lot of conversations in person, which is really weird because uh, it's one of my yep. very favorite things to ask people is, uh, so Craig, who are you? Tell me a little about yourself. I'm a uh, medically retired old man, as you can see. <laughs> Um, I, I suppose if I did have to say who am I, I think I'm a, a mishmash of a lot of things at the moment. Yeah. Um, I, I like to think of myself as uh, a a budding magician, yeah. self-taught, a grandfather who is teaching one of my grandchildren magician and comedy and all that sort of stuff. Um, I'm a comedy lover. I'm a music lover. And I'm a theater lover. And I love my friends and my family. And I think that encapsulates who I am the most. That's a really good description. Said, you said you're a comedy, music, and theater lover, right? Yep. Would you say in that order? I don't know. Jeez. She that time. Probably comedy first, I, I think, in one love. Yeah. And then I would say theater, then music. But theater and music is sort of, oh, she's that time. <laughs> well, when you say theater, are you talking about just plays or are we talking about musical theater? Musical theater, yeah. Yeah. I look like the musical theater type, I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you can obviously tell that I'm the musical theater type too, right? I absolutely love yeah. musical theater. So do I. I go there preaching <laughs> when I can. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're in you're in uh, Melbourne, correct? Yep. Theater district is not uh, too far away, about an hour drive, and it's um, magnificent what we've got on at the moment. So we, everything's on. Uh, 
it's nice to go to the theater. I'm looking forward to it next weekend. <laughs> well, where did you, how, like, how did you get into to musical theater? Like, where did that come from? Okay. This is sort of where everything come from. Excellent. Um, unfortunately, I stepped into it. I, I had a love for music as a kid. I'd, I'd done musicals at school. Yeah. And then when I sort of finished school, that was it. And I probably never went to a musical for, jeez, no, 40, 30 years. Uh, sorry. I, uh, I was diagnosed with cancer 11 years ago. Good. And um, a good mate basically said, well, it's going to get you. Let's create a bucket list. And not long before that, I'd been to the theatre for the first time in 30 odd years. And one of the actors in it, I thought she was fantastic. And it was Xanadu the musical, so it was a bit weird. <laughs> and I thought she, she was great. I, I didn't know who she was. I thought she was beautiful, wonderful. And apart from big ticket items on my bucket list when Pete called me the day after because I'd basically hang up from him and said, I haven't got a bucket list. Why would I have one? I didn't think this thing is going to kill me. And because it is, I'm terminal. And uh, the following day, he called me back. And I said, okay, I want to meet Andrew Johns, who is a rugby league legend and my sporting hero. I want to meet Adam Hills, who you may have heard of, comedian. Yeah, absolutely. I want to meet I want to meet Nickelback. I want to fly over the Antarctica and I want an autograph picture of Christy Wheeler. I got everything off that list. My mate made everything happen. I met Andrew Johns. I'm friends now with Andrew Johns. I met Adam Hills. Brought up with Hillsy two weeks ago when he was here in Australia. We still keep in touch after all these years. <laughs> I met Nickelback. <laughs> that divides people. But Pete organized that for me. Not long after I was diagnosed, we held a birthday party and everybody chipped in and raised enough money to send me and my wife in a flight over the Antarctica. And then instead of getting an autograph photo of Christy Whelan, when Pete contacted her management or whatever he'd done, she said, I can do better than that. I'm in something funny happened on the way to the forum. Here's tickets. Come along and I'll meet him at stage door after it. And she did. And then I made a promise, whatever musical she was in I'd go and see and then I just fell in love with all the musicals and fed in the joy of stage door because they'd come out and say hello and then she'd introduce me to different people and then I've now got many many friends in the musical theatre world which just absolutely stuns me that you know so much good has come from so much evil mm. I call it evil because I think it is yeah for sure and for sure, pretty much everything I've got or everything I've loved because of that and because of what my mate Peter B decided to do for me. I mean, you know, getting a flight over the Antarctica, it was the most wow moment when you see that first bit of ice is just like breathtaking. And Andrew Johns, you know, he's a legend from my hometown and sporting hero and the eighth to model in the game of rugby league. And, Two weeks ago, he's messaging saying, mate, I'm in Melbourne soon. How about we catch up? And and Adam Hills, I've done a great show called Clan Heart with Adam. 
we filmed it with Catherine at the Apollo in in uh, in London in 2016. And when Adam first raised the idea, he said, "Just hang on until we can film the DVD." Mm. I'll hang on for seven more years after that. So I'm, I I can't complain. Um, so I mean, and that's where I found comedy as well. Is is through the fact that with Hilsey and then I just started going to a, the comic scene here in Melbourne literally every week and just fell in love with comedy and started to meet those guys and and then Hilsey sort of challenged me to do a bit of comedy and I've done some stand-up about having cancer and how to cope and laughter is the best medicine. Mm. Although yeah, I, I'm I, pretty fond of oxycodone too. <laughs> Sometimes I'm medicine's the best the medicine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, I, I have an awful amount of stuff I'm on. <laughs> you know, it, it sounds like, I mean, it, I, understandably, you'd get emotional. Like, I, there's certain subjects I still can't talk about, like, that have happened mm, 14, almost 15 years ago uh, at this point. And as soon as I start trying to talk about them, I just... I start choking up and I, 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 I can't quite get through it, but it sounds like, and, I, and I've, I've only seen this a couple of times in people, um, but it sounds like there was kind of a, a BC and an AD Craig, like, you know, there was, there's the Craig yeah. probably before yeah. and then the, the Craig after. And I'm assuming you can yeah. kind of draw a line and see how oh. you are oh. a different person, right? Absolutely. Tell me, tell I me what, saw it the other day, you know, about that. Yeah. Yeah, tell me, but tell me, what is Craig, Craig BC, uh, before cancer? What does he look like? Yeah, I was a teacher, um, taught marketing and advertising and all that sort of stuff, and just loved teaching. And I was uh, involved in our national code of football here, AFL, as a talent scout, and that's where most of my life, what I'd wanted to be, and I, I got there ahead of schedule, and I'm pretty chuffed to be working in the main comp. But a lot of my mates used to love that because <laughs> um, it's. And not many work in the industry, and I, I used to love that. So a lot of my life was working my normal job, come home to my family, and then work at night on the footy stuff, and then work at football on the weekend. And I was just constantly working seven days a week for probably uh, twelve years, no, maybe more, fifteen years. So I was um, putting a lot of time into work, 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 just trying to do the best I could for my wife and two kids. Yeah. But it sounds like it sounds like you were really happy, though. Fulfilled, would you say? Oh yeah, the AFL job when I when I got that, you know, I was you know I was pretty happy because it was something I didn't think would happen because I didn't play football that highest level. Um, but I worked pretty hard at coaching and other things, and and landed a job. And as I said, a lot of my mates were so happy because they could say, "Oh, I made my works," you know. And they wanted inside info and all that sort of stuff. And they're all adapting <laughs> for that. They like to know. I even had a doctor who was, I had to tell him everything that I knew about the football club and all that, all the info that I got, which I, I used to. And he told me once, he said, he has a few golf buddies. And he'd say, oh, I think this might happen. And when it did, they were like, you are incredible. <laughs> and he's, I said, you're taking all the credit for my work. He goes, yeah. <laughs> I, I do remember I had this nasty thing in 2006 called diverticular disease and I was just about to fly overseas to China to do some teaching and had a 
bit of a sore tummy, and he said, um, you know, fine, anyway, you've got diverticulitis and diverticular disease, you're going into hospital tomorrow. We're going to have to remove part of your bowel, and you're in a bad way here. Oh, so anyway, on the operating table, as I'm just getting ready to go out, I had some info I wanted to tell him. My last words before I went into the anaesthetic were, you know, Chris Judd will be traded to Carlton. Anyway, I come out, obviously didn't die and all that. And um, one day we'll, my wife was with me and we're talking to him and I said, hey, Brian, did I say anything before, you know, like my last words? And he said, yeah. He said, your last words could have been, Chris Judd will be traded to Carlton. <laughs> Not tell my family I love them and I thank them. It was football. My wife just went, of course it's football. Horses football. <laughs> it's just how it was. But uh, and he did get tracked in the car. So I was right. Hilarious. I'm glad. I'm glad my deathbed's going to have something else, not that right now. So <laughs> that'll be the inscription on your yeah. tombstone. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> he loved football. Yeah. 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 But probably he still does. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd say uh, Craig was a, a workaholic back then. Yep. Yeah. Where yeah, did that I, come from? Like the feeling that you had to like, cause like I, I've been kind of a workaholic in my past. I'm sort of coming to grips with that. Um, and I definitely know where Mike came from. I'm just curious, like where, where did your need to like constantly be moving come from? My dad, he constantly done everything for my mum when she became a full quadriplegic and went hospitalized. And he just worked and worked and worked and worked. And when he finished work, he'd go to the hospital and sit by our bedside until it was time to go home. I'll have 23 years. Jeez, 23 Every years day. she was in the hospital. Yep, yep, full quadriplegic. The only thing to move was a, she was fine in her brain, like everything worked, but her body would just, just didn't work. She had multiple different weird diseases, and I'm sure you might know, MS and a thing called hydrocephalitis and a thing called syringomyelia and breast cancer. And so she really copped it bad when she was very young. And, uh, and he, uh, I, I still say I think the Ed Lovett story is one of the greatest I've ever heard because in 1989, my mother decided she wanted to go back to Newcastle because we'd been in Melbourne uh, for 28 years. So she wanted to add uh, 18 years, sorry, because she was brought to Melbourne in hope that the doctor might be able to do something and it didn't work. Mm. So dad and mum were and, with, and me were left here in Melbourne. They couldn't transport her way back then in 1971. So he had to start a new life here with just him, mum and me. And um, she she couldn't move. Like, nothing moved. And she was she was stuck there for all that time. He used to visit her, as I said, every day after it. In 1989, she thought, you know what? I haven't heard from my family in 18 years. I'm going to try to contact them because I want to go back to Newcastle. I want to speak to my family again and and, and die. So we found an auntie and spoke to them. And anyway, her mum and dad and a brother and a sister came to Melbourne, visited. After 18 years, she hadn't seen me. And then she said to them, I'd love to come back to Newcastle. And they said, well, well, we'll have to try to find a hospital or a nursing home that will take you. And I didn't think anyone would because she was full care. Yeah. And long story short, they found one. So mum said, well, I'm going back. And I said, well, I'm coming with you. I'm the only child. 
So we just had our first child, and I said to my wife, I'm sorry, but we're moving. She's like, ah, I agree, let's go. We're back. We've been stubborn old cow lasting four years. I thought she was going to die straight away. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I'm back there. I'm like, come on, mum. But what she done before she left, she said, your father has been by my side day in, day out. And when mum did come across the police, she said to dad, take the boy and go. And dad said, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'll stay by your side. And he did. She said to me, he needs and what living is because he hasn't done it for 18 years mm. so I'm going to do something which you're not going to like and he's not going to like but it's the only way to cut him free I'm going to tell him I want to divorce him and I'm what? Mm. it's the only way for him to live his life so I had to get dad and I drove him in and mum said Ernie I'm sorry but I don't love you anymore I want a divorce he was distraught we moved back to Newcastle and dad started living life uh, when mum was getting pretty crook and all looking like it was getting close, dad moved to Newcastle to be with us. And she had all the tubes in her and everything because she was almost just about to go because she was drowning because she couldn't cough. Mm. And I, I said, she wants the cords out. And I said, yeah, okay, but it won't take long. Okay. She then said, go and get your dad. So I got dad, drove him in. She looked at him and said, I've always loved you, I always will. I just needed you to understand how to live life and I wanted to thank you for 18 years of every day by my side. So she said, come in, give me a kiss. And she did. And she said, now go. That's an example of how to love someone. And, you know, she, she died a few days later. But everything she wanted she saw her family again. She gave dad, you know, dad had to learn how to, to do things because he didn't know. It was just him living on his own and me for five years before I got married. Um, you know, you ever had a quadruple trying to tell you how to iron? We're saying to mum, how do you iron? She goes, move it that way. <laughs> that way. <laughs> She's going, get the iron, move it that way. We're going, what's digging that way, left or right? Goes, From that end to that end. It was some of the funniest. And they're cooking. <laughs> right. You put the stuff in the pan. We are well, whereabouts in the pan? Over there or over there? <laughs> and she's like, don't you mock me. And I'm like, over there or over there or in there? Or does it go round? And it was just <laughs> some of the funniest things. That, and we used to laugh because uh, if we didn't laugh, we'd cry. And yeah. she brought us to our knees plenty of times. And I thought that was a great love story. And I saw firsthand how much he worked. And I thought, I need to provide for my family the way he provided for years. Me and mum, which is very different, but I, you know, my family were fine. So I thought, I, the only thing I can do is work and work and work so they can have what they want. Um, to be honest, I, I wish I didn't because I missed a bit of my kids growing up because mm-hmm. the weekends I was working. But they never wanted for anything. It was the thing my wife said, hey, but they always had what they needed. They had roof over their head. They had good clothes. They went out. They did everything they wanted to. So, you know, you, you, you know. And now it's sort of sort of gone full circle. For the last 12 years, my wife's looked after me. And I haven't worked, obviously, for 12 years. And she has and still does. And so she does all those things that I used to see 
my dad doing for my mum, except I can move. Well, not a, not a lot at the moment, to be honest. Um, so she does help me with the menial task sometimes, to get dressed and showering. And you know, I hate yeah. that. I'm, I'm not I'm 60 at the end of this year, and I didn't envisage I'd be that sort of person. I thought this thing would get me several years ago, and I, I wasn't prepared for the tough part of living, yeah. dying with cancer, to be honest. I thought um, it had finished me off, and I, I don't understand why it's picking me apart. I've got liver disease now, non-alcoholic liver disease. I've got a problem with a, an esophagus that's just spasming for no reason, and I'm trying to find that reason because that's very uncomfortable. Yeah. It was like, so among all the illness, because some people get told they got it and they're dead in six weeks. Yeah. Some people can last 10, 15 years, and like, man, you know, I've had enough now. I'm, I'm content. I've got grandkids, which they know me, they love me. Mm. I'm done. I'm, I'd be quite happy to put the head down. I don't know why it keeps picking me up and kicking me again, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe some people still need to hear the story and some people still need to understand what a mongrel of an illness it is and we need to find ways to beat this thing. I don't know if we ever will, but we've got to try. Hmm. Are you are you one of the kind of folks that thinks um, everything happens for a reason? Are you in that camp? No. Well, why Me neither. What? Why, why, why? No, I can't because I think you know one of my best mates he lost his first child at six weeks old. Yeah. What was that reason? Not a cot death. Um, my mum, you know, full quadriplegic, can. Yeah. I suppose some of my friends are sick of me hearing me saying. I never felt my mum hug me. Like, of course she hugged you. I go, yes. But I was three years old when, what? I can't remember. That's why hugging to me is really important. So I go, of course she did it, but I can't remember it. You know, I sat there watching people. She was so delighted when we had our first and our second grand, her, her grandchildren. But do you know how much it cut her up seeing other people pick those kids up and hug them? And she couldn't. Hmm. She couldn't do that. And I thought, what reason is there behind that? There's no reason behind that. I, you know, I'm with you, man. I, I, I yeah. don't understand. Yeah. I know some people, yeah, definitely. I've noticed some folks want there to be a <laughs> reason, need there to be a reason so that it feels like there's order to the chaos. I, okay. I, I'm perfectly, I'm perf- I don't know that that's everybody, but I've seen a lot of people. Like they want to feel like there's, they don't want to feel completely out of control. You know what I mean? Like, if there's a reason this is happening, then that's that's uh, that's some sort of a system. That's some sort of something's in control of it. You know, because to me, okay. like one of one of my greatest uh, discomforts, aka or fear or whatever you want to call it, is is being out of control of things. Right? I'm not a control freak, but I also don't want to feel like I have absolutely no control. You know, over over things around me. And so, I'm always curious to see which camp people are in and I, I i believe it says a lot about them you know as a as a person i think if you if you think there's um there's no there's no order to the chaos the entropy the madness then uh i think you've got less to fear right it seems like the more fearful you I'm, are I the more I, you need there to be a system okay and that makes sense because i'm not scared to die mm. at all mm. i'd Many a night I put me in the pillow going, please, don't let me wake up tomorrow morning. And I wake up and go, oh, it's again, come on. 
And you know, I know you can't will yourself to die. You just can't <laughs> do it. Yeah. So I've tried and it doesn't work. <laughs> Someone else who told me that years ago, she she lost her battle to cancer. She said, Don't waste your time and your energy on trying because I've tried and it doesn't work. And she lasted ten years. Huh. And she was told she had six months. Like I told I I was told I had eighteen months and I've lasted eleven years. Hmm. Like there's no rhyme, no reason to it. Yeah. I think some people are just so stubborn and yeah. annoying that they stick around, Craig. That's what people say to me that I'm <laughs> annoying to other people. <laughs> and that's why I'm doing this to annoy other people because some of the madness is so associated with a certain day of the week called Tuesday that um, <laughs> annoys some people with my my antics of a Tuesday. So I'm like, well, okay then. Yeah. And speaking of, you've um, you've kicked up, uh, what do you call it, Naked Tuesday? Yep. <laughs> you, you've kicked it You've kicked it back up, right? Haven't you started uh, just recently? Yep, two weeks ago, because I honestly thought people who heard the message, they understand it. They don't need me to, to remind them or to tell them. But I had someone tell me that, she said, I used to look forward to Tuesdays so much and to see what madness you're going to come up with. And it made me consider all the stuff that's going on in my life to be nowhere near as trivial compared and I said don't don't start doing compare things because uh, what anyone is dealing with is hell for them is hell for them yeah. and I get it don't don't say it's worse than me or and that no you yeah I feel for you and I she said we still need to hear the message we still need I said you still need to see my bum eh? okay <laughs> just just come out you can just come out and say that she goes well I do and I go well as a as a good mate of mine Jason says, um, yeah, he said, you've got a magnificent buttocks for a, the, uh, for a 72-year-old woman. Well, thanks, mate. <laughs> no, don't laugh at that. And she goes, oh, no. <laughs> it is funny. I'll give him that. Uh, yeah. That's amazing. But yeah, like I, I like it, right? So you started doing the Naked Tuesday basically just to give the middle finger to cancer, right? And uh, it, To me, I'm it's a, like a side abuse. of solidarity, right? It's like and that's, we're we're yep, all that's in this together. I love it. We're that's great. So send a photo with me. Because so, that can happen. Like obviously, we never tag anyone, no names or anything like that. Because there are some people who have jobs that can't. Like, look, I want to do this, but I can't have it published because of my job. And went fine. You can send it to me, and I won't publish it. And I get that because I don't want anyone getting trouble. And there are some people like. Man, I couldn't get less who sees this. I'm doing it. And it's weirdly enough, a lot of people go, generating wasn't so much fun just to try to come up with an idea of using a prop to sort of hide the, the bits you can't have seen. And then when it was published, I sort of felt proud. I said, you felt proud? Yeah, because I'm part of the community now and I'm, I'm part of the group fighting together. And I thought, wow, okay. And I thought, maybe, maybe I do need to bring it back. So... Two weeks ago, and I did, and I'm, tomorrow being Tuesday in Australia, I, uh, I've got a nice new one done. So I've, I've changed up a bit. I'm going to do a new one every two weeks um, and just publish an old one every other week. Um, I was still find a bit difficult. And, you know, I, I don't know if you've had a look at it, and there's a few that I, I've done that on a zebra crossing, and um, and it, it was brought to my attention that public nudity is illegal. <laughs> so I thought, oh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
better not do that. So, you know, you can still do things in your backyard or inside your house with vacuum cleaning and cooking utensils and all that sort of stuff. So, um, and I do, I am saying to people, if you want to send one in, uh, at the end of every month, the last, we'll do a collage of everybody that sent photos in and pop that up. So for people who want to get involved, so it's all Facebook stuff anyway. So, yeah, I love it. I love it. I, I, Thank I think you. that I says that. a lot about your madness there. Yeah, well, it certainly wasn't planned. That just all happened by accident. It was never a plan. It just it was an accident, purely an accident. That happened and then you know, Adam Hill's on his TV show and he said, I think you're going to need a page for this thing because I reckon it'll go off. And I said, no, nah, people won't like this. Uh, he was right. <laughs> Each photo gets I don't know, around forty or 50,000 little views and uh, that we know of but once it gets shared out I think one photo once we had a top 10 in the country on Facebook viewed photos that we're like wow um, and not too many haters which is good the, the odd one every now and again but you can't get that but most of the time it's 99.9% support and love and, and all age groups we've had a an 8 year old couple send a photo in <laughs> that's fantastic the only issue with that is they said we didn't know how to do editing, so here's the photo. <laughs> it could have held a book in front or something. That's editing. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness! It's got a little more than you bargained for. That's uh, uh, you yeah. know, uh, life is full of uh, happy surprises, right? Like the Bob Ross thing, you know, no, uh, no yeah. mistakes, just happy accidents. There you are. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, kicked off again. So um, it's Tuesday. I'm quite happy with it. Be creative. I'm going to be archy even some of them this week's is. So go and have a look this Tuesday, mate. And don't forget. Well, that'll be your tomorrow for you. It's time tomorrow night. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because today is uh, yeah. it's Sunday night for yeah, me right now. Yeah, and Monday, nearly Monday and lunchtime. So you put it in your head. It's time tomorrow. Night. Click on the Make a Tuesday page. I've already followed the page. So I don't know if you're, you're talking about. Click on the page. Yeah. Oh, have you? Yeah, for oh, sure. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, Thank you. Well, you, I'll, I'll be waiting for, with bated breath whether you give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Oh, it's going to be thumbs up all the way, bud. Come on. Ah, <laughs> uh, thanks. Well, yeah, but that's what the doctor said. And it was. <laughs> that's so interesting. So it sounds like, you know, I mean, hmm. were you, were you... I'm assuming before all this stuff happened, like you met, like you were talking about, you basically met your, your, uh, rugby hero. Was that what it was? Yeah. Yep. yeah. Correct. And then you met Adam Hills. Adam Hills, he seems like an amazing human. Talking to, um, Catherine, she said that he basically wanted, every time he does like a stand up, like, you know, like in front of an audience, he wants that audience to feel uplifted and happy. And he's just, Apparently he's just that guy like in front of people and yep. off camera and all that stuff. But what does it say about you that all these people, as soon as they meet you, they become friends with you, Craig? Look, oh, that's so nice of you. But he is. And people always go, give me some dirt on Hilton. There's none. He's not. He's generally the nicest person anymore. He said, whatever I can do to help you, I will. And he has, and he still does. It was like 11 years ago and two weeks ago when he was here, he said, mate, have you got any time we can catch up? And I went, jeez, I'll do anything to catch up with you, mate. And we did. Went out of coffee for a couple of hours. 
Oh, rugby league. He was drawing on planes and it's amazing because we love our sport and we, we do all that. But um, look, I, I don't know. I think maybe because they think good on you for having a go, for not. I, I got a mate who said, if it was me and I was diagnosed like him, he said, oh, I got my car, drove to the middle of Australia, hibernated and just let him get me and just get away from the rest of the world. Yeah. I said, no, you wouldn't have. You wouldn't do that. You'd, you'd find a reason to stay and unless you didn't like your family, then you'd go. But uh, um, if you did, you'd find a reason. And I, when this first happened, I, I always thought, well, I'm not going to see it. My kids get married or have kids. Then that becomes like, okay, that's got to be my reason. Hmm. And I made that known to people. And I think by setting goals and putting it out there and then getting there, I think people are like, good on you. And look, there's only a few that know how crook I really am at the moment and how things are. And um, it's probably the most typical phase that I've ever faced at the moment, more so in my head. Uh, it's it's really getting to me. Um, and being around mum all her life and understanding imminent death and then my own, I honestly thought I'd cope to then I am. But then I sit back and think, I reckon I've coped all right and done all right. Even though there's some howlers like last Thursday was one of the worst I've had in a long time. Mm. And I was in an enormous amount of pain physically and mentally. And there was a black hole and I, I thought, he, every day I, I wonder whether today's the day when I'm going to go into that downward spiral that, that, that'll be the end, which I know, I know it's going to happen. I know when it happens, I'll get four or five days left in me and then I'm gone. Yeah. So every day I do wonder if today's that day. Live. I'll get on with what I do. And I don't do much anymore. I sit in front of the TV, I'll chat to some friends and, you know, watch a bit of comedy and a bit of music. And and I, I do try to make plans to go places. But then when I don't make it, it really frustrates me. I get angry to think this flipping thing is, you know, taking a grip. I, I can't go out at night anymore I, on my own. I can't drive. So I need people to take me. And even yesterday, one of the comedians that I'm friends with said, I miss you, mate. Hmm. And he said, look, how about I get a few of the boys together and we come and see you? And I'm thinking, all right. You know, that's, that's pretty good. And that's already happened to me about a year and a so we go four or five comedians, came to my house and put on a little show just for right. Um, it's a really tight-knit community and it's a, it's a great community, but they're very helpful in it. I have had somebody say the reason why I like you is because I think you're having a decent crack. And I went, because you've seen my crash. <laughs> and they went, yeah, well, it's something. And he, I remember Hilsey the first time we come across it when my mate Peter B alerted him to this. He said, he thinks dealing with cancer in a childish way like I am is a great way. He said, then going half naked and sticking your butt at character and wagging your finger in cancer's face and saying up you and I think that's resonated with some people because it's not the normal way and I get that I have to tell you and look a, a, a first cousin of mine basically we haven't spoke for many years because he said it's a shame what you're doing this is not how you deal with cancer <laughs> this is it's terrible you shouldn't be doing these photos 
It's not the right thing. It's it's just rude. It's wrong. It's not how you deal with cancer. And I remember I said, well, when you get it, you give me a call and tell me how you deal with it. And I said, if you're going to be like this, I don't want to talk to you. And I haven't spoke to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I get um... it some people, I've got one other mate who says, I don't like seeing the photos. I like them because he said, um, I think there's a one great side that I really like. Fully clothed. I'm standing at the airport and there's a sign that says terminals and I'm standing in front of it pointing to me. And I think that's rather funny. <laughs> but my mate hates that photo and he said to me, and he said, I hate that photo. I said, why? He goes, because it reminds me of what's happening to you. I said, it reminds you of what's happening to me. I said, try living the flipping thing every day. So let's have a bit of fun, a bit of brevity with this and we can cope. But I said, if you don't want to see the photos, I'll block you. And I hope he doesn't see the photos. Yeah. So but that's his wish. And it's not everyone's cup of tea. I get it. But it's my cup of tea again, or coffee. And um yeah. seems to be hey, you got, know, I've I've noticed that too. That's like we've had messages from people, you know. Yeah, there's there's a, a lot of people that um react to things differently. And something yep. I've learned is um like, uh, for example, if I read a book and then a friend or my wife or one of my kids, somebody else reads that same book at the same time, at the end of it, we'll talk about, you know, we'll discuss. And there'll be something that stuck out to me that was really meaningful and strong. And for them, it'll be something entirely different. You know what I mean? So sure. to me, I've learned that people will take something in and if it resonates with them, they'll grab it, right? And it, your your village, your people will find you, but... You have to wave yep. your flag. You know what I mean? You yep. have to let them know you're out there. And you're out there, ass first, yep. finding your village and your people. And I, I love that because they will. They they flock to you. Yep. And the people that need you, not the other way around, not the people you need necessarily, but when you do shit like this, the people that need you will find you. Um, and you're not just, you know, over here whispering, hey, this is who I am. You, you've got to a bullhorn and you're out there screaming to a crowd of people and I freaking love it. I love it. Yeah. And, well, well, that's one of the nicest things. So. Thank you. Well, no, I mean, that, that's how yeah, I respond um, to things. And I would say extremely inappropriately. So whenever I'm at a funeral, I can't stop <laughs> making jokes and I try to be quiet. And I know it's not appropriate to laugh in the middle of a service, but I don't know why, but that is how my brain and my body reacts to these things. Like you said, I can either laugh or I can cry. And yep. I've cried a lot in my life and I don't want to cry anymore. I want to... Yeah, it gets, gets draining, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. And I want to make everybody else laugh and I want to make you laugh inappropriately at the uh, the same event, and then look at you like you did something wrong. And like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about this guy over here. I, I apologize. <laughs> I have told people that doesn't matter when I die, my funeral will be on a Tuesday. We're not all coming naked. No, went, well, I'm not going to know. <laughs> and it's going to be an open open casket, and I will be naked. And I really don't care. I don't really care what you say then. I mean. It's not like I'm going to hear and come and go, 
show me yours. You know, like I'm I'm going to be there, and as you can imagine, my montage of photos is going to be very interesting. It'll be a mix of people laughing and crying while those photos. And obviously, my <laughs> my wife will be a bit upset, and my kids, but there'll be other people who are laughing at the photos. Um, and I've told people my funeral if I was me because I've got some guests that I've already invited to sing and do all that because of the connections with theatre. You know, it's a bit hard when you start the conversation. Go, Look, got a favour to ask you. Oof. Is there any chance you could sing this on a live funeral? And they're like, geez, I don't want to think about it. Yeah, I know, but, but, you know, we have to. And they're like, I'd be on it. Yes. And I'm like, oh, you do. I'm like, wish I was going to be there because, well, I'm going to be there, but, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Because there's going to be some great Australian artists singing live uh, again. Um, at my, I, I actually call it. I'm, I call it my closing ceremony. I don't, this is more like it's going to be my closing ceremony. It's going to be, you know. And I, I can. There's a there's a musical at the moment called "And Juliet," which is absolutely magnificent. <laughs> and there's a bit where Romeo is supposed to have died, and he steps up onto his coffin and says, "It's my life now or never." You know that, and he sings that. It's my life. And I contacted the bloke who plays that part, and I, I'm friends with him. I go, man, I would so love for you at my funeral just to get up there and stomp, stomp, and start singing, It's my life. And he went, oh, wow. I said, well, yeah, don't, my wife, and that no, probably not. But what an impact that it'd make. Like, how good would that be? I'm like, oh, I'd love it. It's now oh. or never. I'm going to live forever. It's true. This guy's standing on my coffin singing. Magnificent, but you know, probably won't happen. And I've, I've got a couple of surprises planned, which holy cow, I wish I could see these because they're going to be so good. Like, people are going to go, Wow, that was, <laughs> that was funny or clever. Uh, I can't tell anyone because I don't want to spoil it for those who <laughs> maybe you know might turn up. Um, and someone said, Oh, you're going to live stream it. I went, Well, I won't be, but. Um, they said to me are you going to live stream your funeral if I went um, you might have to talk to someone else to do that I said how funny though is for the live streaming of this funeral it's like it's an oxymoron isn't it but so but but so am I I suppose oh my god yeah maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll wait for the uh, the straight to DVD release of it it's not going to go theaters I feel like it's going to go DVD Yeah. yeah Straight to DVD. Yeah, I've already got one out there. It'd be nice to have two. Yeah. <laughs> you should see. You should see Claire. You should see Claire Hart. By the way, you'd love it. That's the show. I mean, with Hilsey and with Catherine. So um, now you've met two of us. Yeah, you need yeah, a big boss sure. on here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, I mean, um, Adam Hills. My first introduction to him was um, the Last Leg, kind of the uh, the new yeah. show. And what's funny Brilliant. is, uh, he kind of like I found that show at just the right time. It was um, yeah. it was during the the pandemic, and Ew. I mean that must have been uh, <laughs> really interesting over there because I know you guys, you know, you didn't really have a lockdown. You had kind of like an entire change of life over there. Like you guys locked down for so long, but uh, it was crazy. And most of the news, I just couldn't, I just couldn't take it anymore. Like it was, it was, it was, it was killing me. Um, but the last leg once a week, 
I could, I could, I could hear a little bit of hard news with some laughs and then hard news and then yep. some laughs. So it, it, it made the medicine go down, I guess. Clever. Yeah. It was pretty tough lockdown here. I said to people, welcome to my world without the pain and the sickness, but, <laughs> but they're locking in the doors, you know, I did have someone going, now I understand what it's like to live like you. I mean, really? Oh, bro. <laughs> you're scratching you're scratch, you're the surface, champ. You know what I mean? Like, you know, want to go out, but I can't. I yeah. Mean, anyway, next subject, mate. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, my but goodness. Anyway. Yeah, for sure. All right. So you said at the top of uh, our conversation that you're a budding magician. Uh, tell me a little about yeah. that because I actually do a little bit of sleight of hand myself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but but the oh, the real man, question I, is, and again, wow. I was gonna say the real question is, did the sleight of hand come first or this mustache? Right? Mm-hmm, you uh, never know. Uh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that. By the way, when, to I, the other. when I watch Catherine's uh, my first thing was, oh, the, 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 the facial hair. Well, oh, Catherine's answer, but but that whoa, whoa, I love all that stuff. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yes, I should grow mine. I tried to grow mine out to be bigger when I started doing the magic. And I got a bit more wife going, trim that back. I went, no, yeah, don't you do that. <laughs> I said, she doesn't, she doesn't like this. Or that. So, I, I love it because it was only an, another way of, I've got to try to film my day by doing different things. Um, and there's only so much TV you can watch. And yeah. I thought, oh, magic's pretty cool. And I started watching a few things. I tried to do a few. And then I started doing simple card tricks because my hands are a bit wobbly. I yeah. can't do any sleight of hand stuff. I've been doing a few others, and it's so good when I get the smart people who go, "Hey, I don't know how you did that. How did you do? How did you do that?" <laughs> not telling you. And I, there's a great, there's a great site I bought a few things from in America called Penguin Magic. Is it? Uh, they are magnificent, and I get buy some gimmick stuff sent over, and I do that. And people are like, "What? Like, oh, I can't believe you're doing this." I went, "How good is it? I'm schooling you all." And and I taught my granddaughter a bit, which I've done with a three-year-old. And they're like, eh, yeah, because you can't set a three-year-old up. It's just going to happen because there's no way you can say to a three-year-old, hey, you've got to do this and say this and say this at this point and that. <laughs> she, you know, when I started, she got, I just burped. I go, see, you can't set a three-year-old to do anything. <laughs> so they go, so how did you do the trick then? Because it was flipping magic. I love it. I've got a couple of big books now and Slide of hand, I appreciate because I think that's too out. Hmm. Well, what's your uh, what's your pattern like? Like, do you uh, do you work on that? That's always been kind of a, a different a different sort of animal for me. One is like uh, my brain can repeatedly do a trick over and over and over until I get it down right. But then another thing is like to come up with some kind of compelling pattern to go with it. Like, are you are you an enemy with pattern or do you make friends with it? No, it's okay. I can. I've done a roll with it. Yeah. I'll play around with it, especially with the three-year-old. It's really cool. <laughs> and doing tricks with her and learning what to say. And we've done the vanishing, you know, behind the uh, the blanket vanishing trick. And she just loves it as well when we do that sort of stuff. So, but I've got a couple of books that I've read. And um, and that Penguin Magic side is great. And I follow a few different magicians and and get a few of their stuff. And, you know, some uh, there's some great stuff you can do with levitation stuff. and hmm. As you know, which is wonderful, and people have no clue. Oh yeah, no, I enjoy it. I enjoy it big time. I, I love it, some, man. Some like uh, 
I, uh, so I was a, a traveling salesman for a long time. Just recently I switched to a non-traveling salesman. So I'm still still, I just don't travel. And, uh, whenever okay. I was traveling, I was, I always had a deck of cards in my hand, right? Cause I'm sitting in an airplane. I mean, what else am I going to do? You know? So <laughs> I would do that. If I'm at a customer site and uh, you know, I would like lead these things in between, I should be sitting there just moving the cards, moving the cards. And so occasionally somebody would ask, Hey, it's like, do you know some magic stuff? I was like, yeah, I know a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, it's always fun to just, um, see that moment. Cause there's, there's that one clear moment where it happens and you could see it on their yep. face. Like, and yep. especially when you get to the point where you don't have to watch the trick, you can watch mm -hmm. the person. I don't know. I never get tired of, of that moment where they, no reaction's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Where you Makes see you feel happen. so good. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I, I can still remember. I tricked my wife on that. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can still remember, like, sometimes, and there's still some magicians that could do it, where I see them do something, and there's just, like, something genuinely weird happens in my brain. Like, it just, <laughs> it just, I can't, you know, it's like my brain can't comprehend what just happened in it. Yeah. Uh, it's and a, it's such an no amazing principles. Feeling. Yeah. I'm with you because you know the principal thing, okay, it's got to be doing this or that or that, but they couldn't have used that because that, what? <laughs> and like, oh man, looking up things, how did you do that trick? And good thing is that a lot of them aren't revealed. Um, I, I watched Penn and Teller, uh, they did a masterclass one and they were great with just some simple card tricks like the Whispering Queen and things like that. Absolutely, you could teach anyone that in 30 seconds and it's a great one. And that was the first one I tried because I thought, well, that's simple. Surely I can do that. And I did it. And they were like, what? And my son-in-law, Joe, he's really clever with all the things. He's an engineer. You know, and I'll send him links to where it's okay. Work this one out. Well, here it goes. Oh, if you look at this, you can see this. And I'm going, oh, okay, yep. But there's one, <laughs> even he just went, and he did what? I told you. I got you. Yes. I got him. <laughs> I'm like, he went, because he knows the principles and he's an engineer and he's clever. And he, he goes, hang on, let me just, he'll come back and he'll go, no, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> and yeah. it's a different sort of feeling, isn't it? I mean, I said to people, it's pretty cool when you tell a joke, you know, and Apollo, 4,000 people laugh and you, you think that's great. But then also just tricking one person with a card trick, I think it's still a rush and a buzz. Because <laughs> like, you don't know how it's done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, I'll, there's I'll one particular one I do where I, um, I, I riffle through and I get somebody to say stop and then I'll, I'll stop on a card and, um, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll flip that card over and they'll sign. I'll say, sign the name of the person who's the most important you in the whole world on the back. And they'll, they'll put somebody's name on there and yep. I'll look at it and I'll say, actually you messed up. You put the wrong name on there. And so I'll flip it back and I'll put it down on the table. I say the most important person should be you, right? Because if you don't take care of you, you don't get to take care of anybody else, right? I was like, so let's do it again. And I'll riffle through and I get him to say stop. And then I'll get him to sign the front of the card. I say, put your name on here. And then I'll put it down. And then I get to do the reveal where the card that they had signed the back of, I wipe their name off. And then I pick up the other one and it's on both sides. Like the signatures yeah. on both uh -huh. And I love the... I love the reveal of that. I love the story about how if you take care of yourself, you get to take care of this person that's the most important to you and you're you're bound together forever. And like 
I don't know. It's it's like the combination of the just the uh, surprise in your brain. Like, how did you do that? Coupled with the story, <laughs> like I've seen some actual like amazing reactions from people with stuff like that. And it's it's funny because it's it's a tiny little story. And if I just told somebody, hey, you got to take care of yourself first, that would mm-hmm. mean nothing, and it would blow by them. But then I give them this card, yep. and it's an experience. It's a moment. And I've walked by people and I've seen it like in their cubicle, you know, so it's like, it's this little reminder that you can give them, you yeah. can give them this little moment, which I, I think is so I'll, special I'll about nev- magic. Never seen that trick. Well, I, after this, I'll, I'll show it to you. I'll show, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show it to you in a minute, uh, right after this. Nope. Um, but yeah, people are listening. They don't want to hear me riffling through cards. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think it makes for good, it doesn't make for good radio, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like magic became just this little challenge for me to see if I could do it. And it's kind of turned into this yep. little special thing for me. Same. Yep. Yeah. Exactly the same. It's funny. Because but, I do, and I've said it before, and I've been told off because I say, I often think I'm useless and worthless because I don't work, I don't contribute financially, I can't clean or help, cook, I don't do anything but I sit in my chair with my chihuahua on my lap watching TV. I'm useless. I, I I feel such a burden on everyone because um, if I need to go out, I need people to take me. And people would say, don't say that. Mm. And I think maybe part of the magic was to think, well, maybe I can do something. Hmm. Maybe I needed, maybe maybe that was, I've not thought of this before, but maybe that was part of the reason why I decided to try to do that, to even think, well, I can't do magic. I couldn't do that. I'm hopeless. You know, these hands have never done a hard day's work in their life. They've always been office or that was a nurse and a paramedic that was my training before I teach so you know I'm not really dexterous with my hands so I thought I couldn't do that and the first time I got a car trick right the, the whispering queen I I was like jumping up and down and I'm in my bedroom by myself no one's around thinking I actually done that I, I really did it and I thought if I could just show someone else and, and I did and, and they were like those words how did you do that <laughs> I have arrived Thank you very much. <laughs> I have some self-worth back. Mm. I think most of the people around me, all I really need for them is to be them and yep. love me and support me, you know, like yep. Yep. Uh, cheer for me. And I, you know what I found is that people that do that for you are exceptionally rare. And if you've got a good... You got a good mate. You got a good uh, family member. For me, uh, most of my family is chosen family. People that yep. have chosen yeah. to be supportive, yep. to lift me up. And um, yep. I genuinely feel closer to most of those people than uh, the folks I share blood with, you know, for yep. yeah, one I reason. I don't have any of them. No siblings. All grandparents are past. Parents. Uh, my mom and dad died. Dad, dad had a 16 year battle with lung cancer and stomach cancer. He died in 2016, so they, they no, I've got literally one close relative in Newcastle, Tracy, and apart from that, there's no other family at all. It's my own that I've made. <laughs> Jesus, Craig, you are, are a family of fighters. I, well, yeah, Dad was 16 years with his, and that's what some people say. Your mum had 23 years, your dad had 16, you about 11. I'll go, well, if you average that out, that means I'm just about cooked, so... <laughs> 
I go, no, no, add them up and you're in the middle of your mum and dad. So you're going to go 19 years. And I'm like, oh, no, I can't do this for another eight years. <laughs> but I am fortunate because we live with my daughter and she, she asked us to move in just over a year or so ago after the pandemic because she realized how much that took away from me because mm. it's one thing I didn't have on my side was time and that took away time with people. Mm. And she then said, well, how about you moving with us so you can have... Granddaughter was only a year and 18 months old then. So they said, so she can be with you every day and you can see her grow and she can she can know who you are. She'll know who Papa is. And I was like, yeah, I'm glad. So, yeah, I'm thankful for my daughter for, for doing that. Created a living space for me and part of the house and and then her and her husband and my little, my little lollipop Lola. My little, I'm calling her my... I have an oncologist gastroenterologist and endocrinologist i'm starting to call her my happyologist <laughs> she's my happiness specialist when i need it i go to her mm. that's terrific and man sm- smart well craig we've talked about some heavy stuff um yeah thank but you but most of this you've had me laughing you've had me smiling you have a gift my friend uh, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. And, and uh, thank you to Catherine for the recommending. This has been great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right here at the end of the podcast, I usually like to uh, to say, uh, Craig, if there is any way you want people to, and I have a feeling it's going to be a very fun way you would like folks to interact with you on the internet, not for the faint of heart, perhaps. Uh, how would you yeah. How would you have them uh, find you and interact with you, bud? Well, you can jump on Instagram. That's that's tame, and I'm at. Uh, I think I just look for Craig Papa Coombs. Um, you should be able to find me. Uh, um, and on Facebook, we do have a page called Naked Tuesday, all one word. If you're talking <laughs> different, you might get a different page that's not mine. <laughs> so you should see my ugly mug on it. Make sure you get the right one. <laughs> there are a few different variations that are not my page. So um, yeah, so if you want to jump on there and we re- you know I reply to messages I do reply it's not I, my mate Peter B also helps with the page but um, I I generally the one who do write to people we had some amazing stories that I get from people who are going through cancer who lost people to cancer um, who just wanted to say g'day and I, I reply to everybody uh, might take a few days at the moment but I do get back to everybody who sends mm. the message on that on that page or the Instagram um, I Promise. Instagram is just my personal account. There's no, no Naked Tuesday stuff on there, but um, I'm certainly happy to to talk to people, point them in the direction if that's their cup of tea. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, I will definitely put links to both of those things. And, you know, you're very self-deprecating about the Naked Tuesday pictures, but I want to remind you, Craig, that uh, you're somebody's kink out there. So I know. I unfortunately <laughs> found that out recently. <laughs> <laughs> Much to my surprise. I didn't think this well, <laughs> I like how you said much to my surprise not to my chagrin but my surprise it didn't sound like you were upset <laughs> oh, let me hit uh, let me hit stop on all these recordings real quick